Jeff Ogilvy survives Wingfoot. Now the moment Aaron Bradley has waited. Curry Webb is the five-time Australian Open champion. Golf at its best by one of the best in golf, Peter Thompson. Stand in front of a crowd like this today and win the PGA Championship is pretty special. He's done it at last. Greg Norman. his name on the Stonehaven Cup. Leishman to 11 under. Now we've got a new leader, kids. Here is Adam Scott. A life changer. Coming up next, you have unrestricted access to golf across Australia and the world. Thanks to Golf Australia, we're going inside the ropes. Subscribe now on iTunes or your favourite podcast app or head to golf.org.au. G'day everybody, welcome to the show, it is Inside the Ropes, controversially, <laughs> don't you laugh Hayes, you're the one who's doing this, controversially, we're repeating episode number 96, Blakey, because hello to you Martin Blake. Numbers not being our strength. Well you and I did the show last week, magnificently and admirably in everybody else's absence I might add. There's we, a lot of praise for that show. One of the best I've heard, mm. I've been told. Uh, we thought it was episode 96, <laughs> so we were preparing this week for episode number 97, which is important for professionals like you and I, <laughs> only to arrive to be told that it is actually episode number 96. So if you're one of those people who's interested in this sort of stuff, welcome, Mark Hayes, to episode number 96. Thanks. I feel like I've been here before and I wasn't <laughs> even here last week. <laughs> Groundhog you, day. How about you? Number 96, one of your favourite shows, no doubt, when you were a young yeah, fellow. In, in, in the box. You, yeah. you tried to sort of peek a bit of a... When mum and dad had gone to bed, you go down there and they... It's a bit of a deja vu all over again, as they say. As they, yeah, say, as so, they say. Anyway, thanks for holding the fort for, for me last week, and I appreciate the kind words. Wheels yeah. fall off when you're not here. Only well, a week to go, too, boys. Only a week to go. Augusta. Yeah, no, <laughs> true. Hey, Ryan Russell's going to join us on the show. Uh, we're looking forward to that enormously. Speaking of Augusta, we're going to get over there in about five or ten minutes time to catch up with one of our colleagues who's... Over there for a brand spanker. First time this has been played. She is. We've got a couple of staff on the on the ground for the Augusta National Women's Amateur. Mm. The Anwar, as it's called. The Anwar. Anwar. Uh, the so Sadat. It's, it's, yeah, the Sadat. Brand new tournament. The first time that a female tournament's ever been played on the, the uh, hallowed turf of Augusta National. Um, Julianne Sue, uh, Melbourne's very own, uh, is one of the contenders. So let's hope that she can get it together at the Champions Retreat in the first 36 holes and be able to play competitively in the final round on Saturday morning, uh, Georgia time. Okay. We need to create a lot of time in and around that to talk about Rick Riley's book, which uh, mm. I can't wait to get my hands on, Commander in Cheat, How Golf Great Explains title. Trump. Oh, it's the best title of a book I've, I reckon I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, Rick Riley, of course, being one of the most uh, storied American sports writers, not a fan of Donald Trump's, has written a whole book detailing that he's a cheat in life because he cheats on the golf course uh, and he's not to be trusted and he's a fraud and he's no good and he's written a whole book about it. That's how passionate Rick Riley is about Donald Trump. But we'll get to that a bit later on. I don't um, know how you're going to fit all this in because we've also got to make mention with Stacey about the uh, A&A inspiration, the year's first do. major. We it's do. a big show, Andy. There is. There's a lot to get through. So where do you want to jump off? Uh, do we want to talk about um, the Australians <laughs> first or want to talk about Sergio sort of burping up all over himself again on the way through the uh, world match play or the WGC Dell match, world match play. Well, it's been a couple of weeks since I've ranted, so let's start with Sergio Go. and Matt Kuchar. I did, I did feel a rant coming on. Uh, look, these guys are becoming serial pests, particularly Sergio Garcia. Um, I'm not sure in, it's going to be another topic, Andy, of how many people actually saw this. Oh, if we get to that, yeah. Because of golf TV, but... Mm. 
at the World Match Play Championship in Austin, Texas. Uh, for those who haven't caught up with it, uh, Sergio Garcia in the quarterfinal against Matt Kuchar had about a 10-foot par putt to win the seventh hole. Uh, rolled it down. It missed by three, four inches Shut maybe left. it at four inches. Four inches. There you go. Kuchar had walked off and had his back to the play as the ball stopped. So he couldn't instantly say, pick it up. It's good. It's good. Whatever he says for a gimme. Sergio Garcia reached around as petulant as you like, as he ever, as he always is, with the back of his putter, reached around, tapped the ball towards the hole, and of course it missed. There'd been no concession. Immediately, Kucha said, "Oh, I w- intended to give it to him." Uh, they walked off, and they said, "Well, how do we deal with this?" And Kucha said, "Well, I wanted to give it to you, but we better check with the rules official because now he's played enough to lose the hole, Garcia, mm. and Kucha's being accredited with the hole." Uh, so Garcia uh, and Kucha approach the referee, the match referee, and he says, I cannot retroactively, retrospectively uh, frame a concession on the hole or a putt or anything like that. Once it's happened, it's happened. So it's Matt Kucha's hole. Well, that set off a train for probably the next half an hour of conversations and arguments and all sorts of things. And it's come down to this piece of audio, Andy, that we're going to play now as their supposed cover-up. Well, have you ever You're heard... You're calling it a cover-up, are you? Well... Does anyone believe a, a word sacker in that, that video, isn't it? Have you I mean, ever heard more fraudulent rubbish in your oh life? My God. Oh, God. The, the, so this... You wonder, you wonder where the um, what the backroom uh, machinations are to set this up. Hey, yes. boys, we need to put this to bed. We need to have everyone happy on this tour. Everyone's got to be friends. Uh, we can't have Sergio turning up at another tournament and having American crowds not like him. And he's for the next ten, he's doing the 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 Longhorns, you know, <laughs> ant, like antler things that he's In doing Texas. to the local crowd, trying to get them back on side and. Commentators are getting all saccharine and sweet again, as they always do. And, I, hey, look at Sergio. Oh, what a guy. You know, he's wise from here and she went to uni here and all that. It's just, you know that that is what's happening in the back in the of back course. channels here. PR spin. Absolutely. So, and Sergio is at fault, right? Well, well, hazy. In my well, opinion, you. In my you opinion if, you rake, if you go and rake with the back of your putter in a match play contest, no matter how short the putt, and the other guy hasn't conceded it. Make the putt. Uh, just your problem. You make your the putt. Yeah, like- Abs- I absolutely concur that it's Sergio's doing. Uh, I just think Matt Kuchar talks a very big game What's and never follows through. What's he supposed to do? What, you what's he going like to do, Hazel? You don't uh, like him. You don't like Matt Kuchar. You I think he's to. tight? You think he's stingy? Yeah, I didn't say any of that, but I'm you now do. that you put the words in my mouth, I won't take them back. How you about do, that? You do. And I, now, and yeah, now you think he's curmudgeonly on the golf course and he hasn't done the right thing by the spirit of the game. Correct. And let, so, Blakey, I agree with him. You're, you're good. You could speak for me there one you day, <laughs> you, I agree wholeheartedly, Blakey, that Sergio's caused this problem. He's been, you know, typically petulant and rolled around and done the wrong thing. And, of course, it's all he's doing. The overwhelming sentiment from Kucha after the fact was that I wanted to concede the whole I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. I was going to. I was going yeah, to. But yeah. when given the prospect of conceding the eighth hole, the subsequent hole, so that they were back to where they would have been had he actually conceded, he just said, oh, I'm not so sure if golly, I'm prepared to gee, do that. Golly it, gee. Matty. You know, golly, Matty. He, he's kind of, kind of denied that, hasn't he? That, no. That was on offer, hasn't he? Oh, I don't know. He's denied the, about the straight-up conversation, but he yeah. had the opportunity, as any golfer in the world does, to concede a hole or a stroke or anything at any time. Yeah. And he didn't take it. 
as it turned out, he's won it on the 18th hole as it was two up for Kucha. So it is know. dodgy in match play, isn't it? The, the whole concession thing. We saw this a couple of years ago at the Solheim Cup. Remember that with Alison yeah, Lee yeah, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. and Suzanne Pedersen? It yeah. ended up in tears because, you know, someone thought that, that Absolutely. it had been conceded hadn't been, and it hadn't been. You know, it, it can happen. And I, we've, I, we haven't heard much of Suzanne Pedersen after that. It was a big deal. There's oh, a lot she, of tears after She bobs that. up in Rick Riley's book. Don't worry oh, about that. She's, uh, she's, <laughs> so she calls I, out I guess the, the point of view of uh, those two guys that they put together that Instagram video uh, is that it took away a lot of the attention from the event itself, which was won by Kevin Kisner, who's a match play guru. There wasn't much attention given to that anyway, so they didn't no, have much to take it away. Well, it wasn't on Fox, so, you know. It's difficult to even see it. I, I saw bits and pieces of it on my, on my phone and on my, my laptop. Uh, Kucha lost the final to Kevin Kisner. Hazy and Kisner was runner-up last year, so. Yeah. Oh, I, um, I, good luck to him. Yeah, we'll no, well, anyway from him. well played Kevin Kisner, yeah, a guy who started his pro career with a loan of 16000 US from his father, who's now got $18 million mm. in winnings on the USPGA Tour. So congratulations to him. I Wouldn't totally, hurt if he smiled every now and again, Kevin Kisner. You'd just be a little – you could actually – signal to the world that he has some kind of sense of what it takes to be a human being wouldn't be such a bad thing every now and again. I knew if I just said something controversial, Andy, would oh, fire it's like, up. It's like lighting a fire, just petrol on the fire. With that. Um, uh, I, but, so I do agree that it's it's Garcia's fault, but, it, you know, Kucha mm. had the opportunity to douse it, end it, kill mm. it off once and for all, do the right thing yeah, by yeah, the ethical it. nature of golf and just say, right, well, I, didn't, I had intended to give it to you. Here's the hole. And I know that heaps of people listening to this will be thinking, what a load of crap, Hazy. You are an idiot. Once he's made the mistake, it's on his head. But <laughs> These Kucha, things divide people, don't they? Because there's, the, there's always the, you know, mm. stick to the rules camp, which I've jumped into today. And then there's, the, there's <laughs> Hazy, you know, yeah. there's the other one saying, well, hang on, how about a bit of common sense? Yeah. And even with the pros on social media, there, there was a few on either side, weren't there? There were. Yeah. I don't think either of them necessarily covered themselves with much glory in this one, to be honest. Right, you're going to bag both of them. Oh, you know, well, I can see, I can see, mm. I can see all sides to this. I'm not necessarily as wound up about it as Hazy is, but I reckon they, if they really kind of wanted to, um, no, not do the right thing, but if Kucha wanted to be true to his word, then he had an opportunity to prove it, and he chose Correct. not to be. So, and they're just both so saccharine sweet, uh, and it just does my head in. Mm, now, I think that's mm. the biggest problem. Leishman. Uh, uh, Leishman got in the top 16, Hazy. Yeah, good finish. Oh, well, not a great finish, mm. but, it, you know. He won his first three. He was looking really good. Yeah. He ran into Louis Oosthausen. Yeah. Played beautifully in the group phase, Leish. Mm. So. Not the other two. No, not the other two. So um, Jason Smith Day and Cameron Smith both lost. Um, it will be fascinating to see uh, they didn't win a match between them. And it will be fascinating to see how Jason Day pulls up when he gets to Augusta National. So he's complaining about back again at one point? He walked off the course in clear pain mm -hmm. on the first day in this his is first a real match. Mm. Um, this is a real concern for his whole career, mm. I reckon. I, I think so too. Yeah, mm. this is like a – I think it's a real litmus test for what's going to come up. Um, he's not going to get any younger. We keep saying that of all our players. Mm. You've got to strike while the iron's hot. doesn't matter whether you're um, 20 like Ryan Ruffles or whether you're – Nearly 40, like Adam Scott, you must make hay while the sun shines. Um, will, will Jason Day be still playing professional golf on tour when he's 40? How old is he now, 34? No, yeah, no, 30. 29, maybe 30. Oh, he's not even 30 yet? No. Mm. no. I think Gee, I think the answer to that no, Blakey, mm. um, for several reasons. I think, uh, I think that he will actually... I think it might be 30 this year, Andy. I, I think it's 30. I think he, he, he will have done what he needs for his family, which is his priority in life, and that's yeah. totally fine. So he won't have the, the driving urge to do that once he cannot consistently win major championships in his own mind. So 
Um, so there's, I think his body will tell him also that um, if I want to have a good life after age 45, then I need to probably wind this back a little bit. Mm. And Andy, it's not much of a form guide, is it, the match play for Augusta because being match play, it's so, it's so different. But, uh, you know, out of all that, you know, Tiger played well, got to the quarters, um, beats Rory in a, you know, in a bit of an epic match. Did you see any of the uh, Tiger Woods, Lucas Bieregard. I did. I watched it from. I actually tuned that, that in from about great. the 14th or 15th when Bieregard started making everything. Tiger, like he couldn't miss a putt after it, that. The eagle, the 16th. He, he was, you know, rolled Tiger in the birdie him, putt from outside. He rolled in the birdie putt from outside. Tiger on 17. Yeah, uh, and made Tiger make that kind of eight footer for a half. Yeah. Not, not a tie. Not a tie. Oh, I to Where half. does that come from? Uh, that's that's to do with invented? the rules of. No, that's been. Um, under the radar, that came in with the rules of golf changes on January 1. And but we is, call it ties. Well, you can now, under the simplification and modernization oh. of the language, you meant to say that if you and I walk off what has been all square on oh, 18, right. we now tied the match. That's interesting. I, I oh. thought it was just a, a TV quirk. No, in fact, the PGA Tour guys um, were the last ones to pick it up, which is credit to them. I don't often give them credit. But, uh, yeah, technically now you meant to say um, matches are tied, not they're either not halved or all square so we could be tied through seven uh so i think there's still um scope to use the other language the old language but that's that's a retrograde step in my opinion well that is a retrograde step and it doesn't sound nearly as good hopefully enough people got to see it hopefully people who turned their tvs on who have got foxtel uh because they believe that is the home of golf here now that most of the stuff is on pay tv like me uh were unaware of the fact that it wasn't on foxtel uh, turned on the tally expecting to watch the match play and it wasn't there. Uh, it's now gone to Golf TV, uh, which is, you know, something that I think we were kind of, um, you know, suspecting was coming down the pipe. Well, it's here now. And I think there's going to be more golf um, television going through that pipeline in the future. The fear I got with this is that the more you ask people to find another platform to deliver them the product – i.e. another app or another box or another device or whatever it might be, uh, you are rolling the dice. You are asking to lose a percentage of a generation of fans. There are going to be a lot of people out there listening to this podcast who watch golf who are going to be maybe not as um, au fait with modern technology as some of our younger uh, golfers around the place who don't even understand what Golf TVs. They don't understand this multi-platforming and where it's all coming from and how do I get it and why do I have to watch it on an iPad? I have to watch it on my phone. I've got to watch it on my computer. Well, I'm not suggesting that some of our older golf fans can't do that and don't do that. But, hey, I'm 53. I'm not comfortable doing it. So I want to turn my TV on and have it on the television screen. And I fear that this, in a country like ours, which is a pimple on the backside of those that make the decisions on these sorts of things, a uh, country like ours suffers at a time well, you, like this. You can cast it to your TV, Andy. If you, you can. Can. But do you know how to you, do that? If you'd seen me do you know trying to do, to do it on Saturday morning. NFI, <laughs> mate. I've got no idea. I, try, I thought it was going to be I did it sick. once, and then the next time I couldn't do it. But you can, can't you, Hazy? You definitely yeah. can. Uh, you, cr- you cast it to your TV. You can. Boys, you go, well, Dale, get me my fishing rod. I need to cast this thing <laughs> onto my TV. Boys are telling me I need to cast it. Come on, bring in my fishing. You just need Chromecast or Apple TV or something, Andy. But 
Now, I know, and this is a very big problem, and it's going to be, as you have intimated, I think the tip of the iceberg. Well, well, don't take the majors, please. Well, there's, don't you know, them. they've actually come in. It's it's not a nibble away at some Mickey Mouse fall series events. Mm. They've come in chomping at the next level down from the majors. It's only a matter of time. Logic will tell you that they've got their, you know, designs on you know, on getting the majors. I think it is going to come to a point where we have to, uh, as, as a sport here, unite and, and make sure we get our just desserts. I'm not sure how that unfolds with so many players. And as Andy points out, uh, us being the pimple, it's hard to... Yeah, we uh, drive the rest of the body, let alone the backside. Well, maybe a free-to-air network has to do a deal with Golf TV. I don't even know how this works, but they do a deal with Golf TV to take Golf TV's Simulcast yeah, 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 it's, it's something like that. Like stick mm. it on one but of them, one it, of their other channels. It's, it's hard to imagine. Let's just say Channel Seven. Uh, it's hard to imagine Seven Mate um, stumping up enough cash. That's the problem to satisfy mm. um, the financial demands of golf TV no, in this of neck of the woods. Of course that's not going to happen because they want people to buy their product. I mean, yeah. that's exactly why it won't happen. But uh, unless they can do some kind of contra arrangement, I've got no idea. There's ways around this sort of stuff, but and maybe they don't care. Yeah, maybe the free to airs in Australia. Golf has been sliding in terms of a, a, a product uh, that people consume on free to air, you know, for most of our, the second halves of our adult lives. It's not the free-to-air product that it used to be in Australia? No, and, and we, I've mentioned on this podcast before, and Darius Oliver, who's a you know, very strident um, speaker in, in, in this sort of field, mm. and others as well, great designer, great thinker on the game, has strong thoughts about you know the reduction of um, courses in, in metropolitan areas around Australia, etc. In this one, he was at me last year, and, and in, in a good way, not nicely, um, to do my best as a Golf Australia employee mm. to make sure that things weren't removed from the anti-siphoning list. And it, I actually um, followed through and rang the relevant people in Canberra and it all came down to finances. Mm. So they're all still available to um, they're all still available to be on any free-to-air network as we speak, and I'm talking about the majors, but they physically haven't uh, got the finances or resources to put into it. Yeah, no, that so, is, that's the truth. That, that is the absolute truth. The TV stations don't the, buy yeah, it. Seven no, and nine, no, yeah, ten, no. whatever, can actually pick the masters up or whatever do a deal with Fox or KO or Golf TV, whatever it is, uh, and they haven't, they've chosen not to. They've actively yeah. chosen not to. Yeah. That's the reality. Uh, around the world, um, elsewhere, Graham a- McDowell. Graham, yeah, well, Graham McDowell wins for the first time since 2015 on the uh, PGA Tour, which uh, was at the Punta Cana Resort. <laughs> Wherever that is, where's the Punta Cana That's Resort? It's in the Dominican Republic. Andy. Nice. I, I'm I'm very big on my Central American. Where, do you know I, where the Dominican? Because <laughs> well, I didn't know where Panama was before no, momentarily. Yeah, well, momentarily, just, yeah. but the Dominican Republic, I would have thought, was in the it's kind of the West Indies type of area down towards it is. Cuba Johnny, somewhere. Well, it's not too far from like Haiti and Puerto Rico. In Cuba. fact, it's yeah. on the same chunk of land as. Listen, Mr. Geography. Um, he's been everywhere. But great baseballers come from that neck of the woods, don't they? Super baseballers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Dominican Republic's a great sporting country. Mm. And uh, uh, it was, a, it was a, I'll tell you what was. That's um, a new event, Hazy. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the second time it's been. Right. It might be the f- second time it's been on the PGA Tour, obviously an opposite field event. I think we should do our show from there next year, in <laughs> coinciding with the Punta Cana Classic or whatever it's called. <laughs> well, on our should, way to Augusta. We should go down oh, there and do that. Uh, so great to see um, Aaron Baddeley continue his form. Been good Nick, isn't he? Tied for seventh. Mm. Matt Jones tied for eighteenth. Curtis Luck tied fifty second. John Sendon tied sixty seventh. I just want to point out that Aaron Baddeley, 
who lost his full status last year, is now up to 61st on the FedEx Cup He's standings. Flying, flying. Um, that's booked in his card for next year. Awesome. He's back. Very well played, yeah. He's back. And while we're still while we're on the PGA Tour affiliates, before we push on and get to Ryan Ruffles in a few minutes, I want to make special mention to um, all the three Australian guys who finished in the top 10 <laughs> on the web.com tour. Uh, most notably, I think, probably Andy, you'd agree, uh, Brett Coletta. Uh, we're happy with all of them, uh, but I agree. I mean, uh, we've been talking about the golden era for a long time, um, and Brett Collette is one of the – and the bloke we're about to talk to next is another one, but there's a few locked-in, rusted-on members, uh, if you can be <laughs> rusted on something like a golden era um, when you're only about 11 years old, but he's one of ours. We, we're he a big is, fan of and him. and we had him in the studio, Brett Collette, last year. Great young fella, 70 to close, lot, uh, finished tied for third, two shots back from the winner. Dan McCarthy in Savannah, Cameron Percy just Who's going nicely. Just, just don't want to get our 15. hopes up. We don't want to, exactly. I don't want to get our hopes up too high with Percy. Don't put the moz on him. Don't put the moz on him. But uh, what, and what about Jamie Arnold? Then? Another one. Who we've Sixty-five been, to close, tied ninth. Uh, we've been we've been we've been snipping around the edges of Jamie Arnold on this show for a couple of years now, watching him put some good results together. But and Blakey's mate Ryan Gibson, uh, T forty-two, and he's also in the top twenty-five. Blakey, the all important top twenty-five. So and, just. Uh, emphasise here, Hazy, how that works, the top 25. It used to be 20, first 25 on the list get cards, but it's not as simple as that now, is it? No, it is. No, they, that they, is they, the number they, of ways <laughs> to get in. Yeah, that is okay, just really withdraw that question. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the top 25 get their cards and the, ne- and the, next, yeah. the next bunch go into was, a playoff. I thought you had guys. to get, go into the finals first. Yeah. No, the guys, more, yeah. the guys from 26 down to 100 go into a playoff with the guys 126 to 200 on the PGA Tour. And while, while we're still at this... Uh, our guest, our special guest coming up soon in the second segment, Ryan Ruffles, finished in a share of second place on the oh, uh, PGA yeah. Tour Latino Animal. America. That's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. And T12 for uh, the New South Welshman, Harrison Endicott as well. So our men have done us proud on the North American continent. This Ryan week. Ruffles has been – he's gone through a really tough period and uh, – for him to come out like that, albeit you know on a, on a sort of distant tour, I suppose you'd say. I mean, it's going to be fascinating to talk to him because from everything I've heard, it. you know, everything we've heard in the last few few months has just been to a pretty bad place with injury and loss of form and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. he's a hugely talented player. So. Lead up to the A and A, of course, the Kia Classic on the LPGA Tour. Yeah, um, a couple was... of the Aussies did okay there. Okay is probably the way to go. Okay. Minji didn't finish it off no. um, super strong, but she still finished 28th, which is just uh, you know incredible for her. The, to, she just keeps churning out she results. She just makes cuts and makes money. Yeah, NASA had a hooker one at 18 under. Catherine Hulkirk Catherine top, Ka- top 15, didn't she? And she shot seven birdies on Sunday, which mm. is a good way to tune up for the, the big major this week that we want to talk to our new guest uh on air about here, Andy. Oh, oh and we got st- we've got Stacey Peters on the sure program. We do. Have we? And she, she's she's got a many hats hey on, but uh, y- we're going to talk to her about uh, not only the Augusta National Women's Amateur, but also the A and A Inspiration, which Catherine Kirk tuned up so beautifully for. Hello, Stace. Hey guys, how are you? Are you in Augusta? Where where do we find you right now? You're such a little globe trotter these days. Where, whereabouts are you? <laughs> Yes, Augusta right now, and uh, yeah, pretty excited for this week. Have you already have you been out to the course already and had a look around? No, no, I haven't. Only got in uh, yeah last night, so, so I haven't been able to get out there. Only been in touch with Jules, and uh, yeah, she's she's pretty up and about about things. So tell what is this? What is this event? Tell us about this tournament. 
Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's pretty exciting. First time, you know, they're going to have uh, women playing an event at, uh, at Augusta, at Augusta National. But they're also, So it's uh, 54 holes, but the first two rounds is going to be at um, Champions Retreat. And then a cut will be made, and then a practice round will be had at Augusta for everybody who makes the... Uh, no, no, sorry, everybody in the field. And then the final round will be played at Augusta National. So on Saturday. Stace, it's Blakey. I'm tipping you're lining up for a bit of caddying <laughs> duty here, are you? Or what, how are you going to get out? <laughs> what, what have you got in mind there? Is there any sort of opportunity no, for, for you going... there? <laughs> no, no. Uh, Julian's dad's going to caddy uh, this week. I'm just here for a bit of support, um, but I'm actually not going out to – I'm only going to be here for the first uh, two rounds of the event because then I'm going to uh, the A&A. Must be too hot for trying you, Katie. Trying to get it all in this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, way, way too hot. No, it's actually it's not. It's uh, it, it was quite brisk yesterday. I have to say. <laughs> you forgot why I asked you that, haven't yeah. you? Anyway, let's forget that. So it is a big week for you. You're not only. I have forgot. <laughs> you're not only are you following Julian Sue around that groundbreaking tournament. You, as you mentioned, the A and A inspiration. With a host of Australians in contention, uh, we're not just sending a couple of you know mugs away here. We've got a whole band of women who can actually contend at Rancho Mirage. Yeah, I think it's kind of it's a really exciting week uh, for the Aussies. You know, you've obviously you've got Kirky coming off what she did last week. You know, and then Minji, who we we think it's only a matter of time, don't we, before that you know oh, she God. can win a major. Uh, um, you got you got Kempi, who will be as keen as mustard to get going after a summer, and then to be her first event, you know, her first start after, you know, re, do you say regaining status or regaining more more playing rights? Uh, then you got hey Greeny, who what did she finish maybe top fifteen last year? Yep. Um, so she's got to have great uh, great memories from there. Uh, you got Webby, who's probably got the best memories out of anybody there, who's coming back first event after Aussie Open um, and then Sue and SJ as well um, yeah I think it's, it's going to be a great week and I can't wait to uh, yeah I'm really trying to tick a lot, lot of boxes this week I'm pretty pretty excited for my week ahead I was surprised to see Webby in the field uh, Stace because being a part time player nowadays I guess uh, you know as you said the memories are, I, I was at Augusta National in the media centre the day that Kari hit that wedge in the hole at Rancho Mirage to win to win this event, uh, which is probably, I guess, one of the biggest moments in Australian golf history in a no lot doubt. of ways, as, as a single moment. Absolutely. And in her career, where yeah. were you? Where, do you were you watching that live on the day? It's it's a long time ago now. Um, I actually wasn't. I was. Uh, I didn't have the fox telling Cressy at the time. <laughs> and, um, but I, you know, I get. I remember getting it through on the pigeon later on. So <laughs> yeah, I was right. actually. At, <laughs> I was actually at um, I was I was actually at a golf club at the time when somebody told me about it. So don't tell her I wasn't watching it. <laughs> we're due, aren't we? I mean, we are due to get. We are so we're actually overdue to get another uh, women's name to join the roll call of Australian major champions. Two two Australian females, right? Of one major champions, major championships. Am I right in saying that? Um, Jan Stevenson. Yeah, and Kari Webb. They're the only two, aren't they? Yeah. Um, Am I right Karen, in saying that? Karen Lund won the Women's British Open, but not when it was technically a major. So prior to it being before, before yeah. it was a major. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. she hasn't been given that retrospectively. I don't think. No. 
And Kari won, won it as well and, and wasn't given it. So, no, so Kari's, Kari's number of majors is listed at seven, but it's actually, I think, maybe nine or ten, Hazy, you know, because we of can, that, we that can situation. We can jazz that up. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're, yeah. we're overdue. Yeah. That's, that's my bottom I just one. think what I, what I instigated this question line of questioning to Stace was that, you know, for a long time it was Kari or nothing. Mm. Right now, you, you know, Stace just rattled off a handful of chances and there's a reason why each of them could contend this week. Mm. Um I don't think you'd sit here hand on heart and say they're definitively going to bowl over all the Koreans. We know we know it's going to happen, uh, let alone the rest of the world. But I think we've got yeah, absolutely. I, I think we've got four or five who can put their name in the mix on Sunday afternoon, and then it becomes a matter of time. And I, I think it's the first time we could actually say that for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Stace. Yeah, I think it's a really exciting time. Yeah, Stace. Well, we know it's uh, early in the morning over there, so we're going to let you go. Um, Good luck. We're as jealous as hell that you're over there, and we're, we love being here. Don't don't get me wrong, but uh, just for a couple of days, we wouldn't mind being in your shoes, uh, even though it'd be a bit of a, a tight squeeze. I would have thought, but um, we're we're envious. Have a great time. Hey, thanks very much, boys, and thanks for having me on. I look forward to chatting next week. Good on you, Stacey Peters, joining us, one of our own, uh, who's over at the A and the Anwar. And then off to the Anna. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The Dinah Shore or the Craft Nabot. It's had more names this tournament yeah. than any other tournament ever. It's more name changes uh, than ever. Hey, I'm going to have to get going in a moment. We've got Ryan Ruffles coming up in a sec, is what I should have said. Um, but before we get to the end of this break, can I just mention, uh, we have to talk about this Rick, Rick Riley. Riley book. Go for it. Can I just lay a couple of things down? And just, if this doesn't work, if you're anti-Trump, if this doesn't whet your appetite, the book's called Commander in Cheat, How Golf Explains Trump, right? It's coming out our time very, very short. It's coming out, you know, be available in Australia in no time at all. Here's just a couple of bits and pieces, right? This is from Rick Riley. He cheats at the highest level. He cheats when people are watching and he cheats when they aren't. He cheats whether you like him or not. He cheats because that's how he plays golf. If you're playing golf with him, he's going to cheat. He, it sounds that, like a Dr. Zeus book. It's a, it does sound like a Dr. <laughs> Zeus book. He claims that his handicap at the moment is 2.8. 2.8, yeah. Jack Nicholas's handicap right now is 3.4. So he's a better player than he's Jack. He's saying he's a better player than Jack. That's what he's saying. So but, I read a bit about this today, and we'll keep going. No, Sorry. no, you go, 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 well, go. I'm interested in the story that's in the book by, uh, regarding Mike Tirico. Now, we've oh, seen Mike Tirico, the commentator. Is he CBS? He does the Masters, doesn't he? So. Yeah, I think he's, he's ESPN and, and maybe NBC. ESPN. Mike Trigo played with Trump and he hit a three-wood uphill onto a, a green, like second shot to a, to a par five. Elevated long, 200, green, yeah. 200 metres or whatever, three-wood. Up onto an elevated green, couldn't see exactly where it had finished up. But he knew he'd flushed it. He knew it was close. Hit a great oh. shot. Walked up there. It's not on the green. Oh, where the hell is it? Walks over. It's in the bunker. 50. Oh, that's bad luck. Yeah. He then speaks to... Trump's caddy later, who says, yeah, he threw it in there. <laughs> Trump got up there You're first. Yeah. It's in there. Are book. you serious? Chuck Tirico's ball in the bunker. See, he just no lies. Way. He lies, right? At Trump, Washington, at Lowe's Island, there's a Civil War <laughs> monument bearing Trump's name, obviously, between the 14th yes. and 15 holes, reminding golfers of how many soldiers from North and South died at that very spot. It's a nice touch, says Rick Riley, even though several Civil War historians have confirmed that no battle took place anywhere near the memorial. <laughs> and Tom Fazio, he talks about Bedminster in the book. There's a plaque there with a quote from the renowned course architect Tom Fazio. The plaque reads, this is the best design I've ever done, Tom Fazio. Except it's not true. Tom Fazio says this, 
I don't believe I ever said that. <laughs> so, so Trump just he just, just makes stuff up. Just makes stuff up. This is a book that I have to read, and if it, the story that I've read is brilliant. He says, "Why don't we get Rick Riley on? Oh, we've got to get him on. He would be priceless." He mm. said, "Golf, writes Riley, <laughs> is like bicycle shorts. It reveals a lot about a man." <laughs> To the, uh, <laughs> oh, that's your homework, Andy. Oh, God. After, you, after we talk to Ruff, you can shoot through. Yeah. And you can start working on getting Rick Do Riley. you mind if I do that? I would love to get Riley. I introduced Rick Riley, to Rick Riley, one of the, the best, best sports journalists in the world oh, yeah. ever. Yeah. And, of course, he'll have heard of Hazy and I. <laughs> I walked up to Rick Riley. Just say, can, can you come on? If you ring, if you could try and get him, just I'll, say you're coming on with He'll remember with, me. With I walked Hazel. up to him mid Oh, did you? have met him. Yeah, I walked up to him at, in the old canteen, in the old media centre at Augusta, first year I was there. He's having a sandwich on his own. I was like completely in awe. I thought, mm. Jesus, that's Rick Riley. <laughs> so before I got in line to get me or whatever, I just what I was in. Rick. Well done. From Australia, I've got to just say I love your work. The story he wrote about Ian Baker Finch was one of the most devastating reads I've ever. And he remember the obviously remember the piece, and but he won't remember me walking over. But anyway, that's by the by. That's your, just, your homework. I'll try and get him on. Yeah, yeah. okay, good on you. Well, uh, let's should we get a break out of the line? Yeah, we should, and we'll, we've got a very special guest coming on straight after this. Rick Riley up next. Oh, that's Rick, not Rick Riley. Riley. <laughs> it's Rick Riley, Ryan Ruffles. Too yeah, many no, Let's go with Ryan. Ryan Ruffles up next. The Golf Australia website is now the place to go to look up your handicap and so much more. Whether you're out and about on your phone or in the office trying to avoid work, just go to golf.org.au and punch your golf link number into the box at the top of the homepage. Who knows, maybe that last round was just good enough to put you in single figures. While you're on the site, check out the daily golf results at your club, view our course index for up-to-date ratings, read the latest golf news from home and abroad, listen Listen to Australian golf podcasts and interviews and watch video tournament highlights or tips to improve your game. It's everything a golf tragic could want. Visit golf.org.au today. The home of Australian golf. Welcome back to the show. Um, if Welcome back to the show. If you're a regular listener to um, Inside the Ropes, there's one name. In fact, in fact, I put to you two that, A, we've spent a lot of time talking about Ryan Ruffles. But of all the social media interaction we have regarding this show, I get asked more questions um, about Ryan Ruffles than I do any other player. Is Where's it, Ryan Ruffles? What, what's that's, he, that, exactly. that's the tone of it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, pretty much. Where's Ryan Ruffles? Well, here he is. Well, he's in Orlando right now, and he's been in um, – where's he been? He's on the Latino tour uh, in Panama, which Ryan Ruffles, great to have you on the show, and thanks for giving us uh, more of your time, young fella. Uh, how are you going? Oh, I'm going great. Thanks. It's good to speak to some Aussies again and uh, be on the show. It's uh, one that I've been on a few times, and it's good to be back. It means I'm playing well. Martin, that's true, although <laughs> we're happy to talk to you anytime. Uh, Blakey, who's uh, <laughs> one of the three of us here right now, Ryan, just said before we uh, dialed your number, where's Panama? He had no idea where Panama was. <laughs> Geography not Central being my America, strength, mate. I can, uh, I can assure you, and it's a lot closer to Orlando than it is Australia. Did you go and see the canal? I drove over it to get to the event, believe it or not. And it's actually, uh, it's, uh, it's a pretty neat piece of, uh, I guess, what would you call it? Uh, just construction and architecture that they've developed there and how much history that's got behind it to drive over it was kind of pretty interesting, actually. Is it more, like, is it, you know, more of a big deal driving over that than, say, the Westgate? I mean, <laughs> over here in Melbourne, like, is it a, is it, that, is it, is it a much bigger deal than that or not? 
I've heard globally that it is, but <laughs> I've seen from Melbourne, I'd say it isn't. I'd, I'd much prefer to drive over the Westgate. It means I'm not too far from home. Uh, I mean, you're only changing continents if you go over the canal. If you go over the Westgate, you're changing worlds, going out into the Wild West. <laughs> yes, that's true. That is true. Now, Ruff, you mentioned um, you mentioned that we, yeah. um, you know, it's good for you to be on because it means you're playing well. And we've been actually talking about you having not played so well the last few weeks and and in the last few months, for, to be honest with you. Um, it must be a real pleasure uh, to come on having done what you've done, which was, for those who don't know, we're tied second in the Bonaventura Classic. Um, well done on that. It must have felt really good from where you've been. Yeah, mate. I mean, it's just been. This last 12 months has been um, a real learning curve for me. A tough one, uh, ton of downs, ton of tough times. I got pretty injured last year, uh, dislocated my shoulder, playing an event, and that put me out for a while. And then there was the trust issue of coming back after that with something that's different, something that's new, something that you're a bit uneasy about. Um, and so there was a lot of dealing with that. And a lot of it had to do, too. I just wasn't um, playing well. wasn't doing the right things, down on confidence. And, um, yeah, so to come last week, I've been working. I mean, the work ethic for me has never changed. It's just the way I do it. Um, but to, I went back to my longtime coach, who's coached me since I was 11, about six months ago, Dennis McDade, and we've been doing a lot of good work and some real hard work for the last six months. And we've kind of targeted the first bit of the season is kind of when we wanted to start um, seeing the fruits of all that hard work and for it to kind of all come together a bit last week and to prove to myself that uh, what we're doing is the right thing. It was perfect timing, I guess, for me. And obviously would have liked to uh, get out on top, but to show some signs that I'm, really doing the right things as a professional athlete is exactly where you want to be. So we'll come and talk to you a bit about Dennis again in a minute, but it, it got to the point last year, I understand, mate, where, uh, you know, you missed the cut at the season-ending tournament in Argentina for you, uh, left you without a card even on the on the Latino America tour. Um, it's interesting to see you, hear you say then you lost trust in your swing. That was the, the, the word here that was – you know, you could no longer physically swing it as hard as you used to because you just didn't know which way the ball was heading, basically, in a nutshell. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much it. I mean, my driving has always been probably my biggest weapon in my bag. And for that to go from my biggest weapon to kind of my biggest weakness was a hard one for me. Um, it went to a club that I didn't have a lot of confidence in. It went to, for me, trying to, and that's the hard part about any part of the game that you kind of lose some confidence in is that you just, over time, you try and control it. You try and focus on control and how am I going to control this? And it becomes so, I'm going to say, overanalyzed, over micromanaged that you just lose track of why you were so good at it in the first place. And um, for me, that's kind of, I'm lucky because, I get a lot of questions. I mean, why are you doing this? Why are you in Latin America? Why are you on the PGA Tour yet? But in the long term, I was able to snap myself out of that block and realize it wasn't the right thing at 20 years old, which, as we know, as a golfer, isn't exactly over the hill yet. So hmm. um, I uh, was able to snap myself out of that, realize that 
that's not what I need to be doing, make some good decisions, and then ultimately just put the hard yards in and uh, had to go to that development series final at the end of last year. Um, not something that you in a perfect world would like to do, but something that I thought I needed to do. Um, went there, got the job done, made sure I had a schedule for this year, um, and then put my head down to, to uh, with all the focus on performing well this year. And, um, to be able to do that was, I'm pretty proud of myself because sometimes you got to dig a little deeper than you would have hoped for or would have liked to, but you do what you got to do. And yeah, I was definitely proud of myself for going through that and getting through it. Rough, it's Blakey. How rough, how rough did it get uh, last year? Because I've got you down at $11,406 prize money last year on the Latino in 11 tournaments. Uh, it can't sustain you. You know, obviously you're probably leaning on your your parents to support you and that kind of thing and other people, your sponsors to try, try to support you. How, how tough was it? Um, I'm lucky from a financial point of view that I was able to sign with great sponsors and stuff early on in my pro career, which was part of the reason too that I made the decision um, to go pro because I had some great backing there from Nike and then some TaylorMade that put me in a position that even if things didn't go as planned, that financial wasn't something that I was going to have to stress over too much early on in my career to help with Golf Australia and Nike and KOMade. So I've never viewed golf or any of my success or failure for that regard as well as financial, but just from a kind of a well-being point of view, mental point of view, physical point of view, I was shocked at confidence. So I, I've always been... And I think the thing that kind of pushes me through and out of that is I've always had a lot of self-belief. Um, but through the last kind of six or eight months, I didn't have a lot of self-confidence. And the difference in that for me is I've always believed that this is just a patch I'm going through and it's no fun, but it's got no indication on where I'm going to end up eventually. Mm. But right now, the self-confidence is low and I'm not super confident in my ability to play good golf and so for me being able to kind of hold on to that self-belief that I have that hey this is tough right now but this is no impact on where I'm going to be eventually as long as I take always don't take no for an answer um and so that was the hardest part just kind of watching people that I've beaten my whole life then doing things that I felt like I should be doing and I'm just physically not being able to do the same thing so um yeah so mentally that was tough well-being point of view it was tough you get home it's stressful it's you come home every night and you're kind of going why am i not i'm doing all the right things why am i not performing and you kind of you got to put a bit of trust in the people around you at that point and, uh and then you know keep doing what you got to do and eventually it does kind of start to get the rewards of it so, Ruff, I've got to ask you probably a tricky question, um, even from the perspective of um, asking it. Uh, you had uh, several starts on the PGA Tour that were very much heralded uh, widely when, when you first went across, and you've, and you've done that a couple of times in, in years subsequent. The word on the street late last year and early this year, I think, from some of the uh, 
I guess the fringe US PGA Tour players was that they weren't appreciative of you taking spots in tours on in invitations, uh, in events, I should say. Um, mm-hmm. Did that filter back to your ears? And is that something that's true, or is that something you you know you you, you disagree with? Yeah, it's something that's definitely there. It's something that um, the media makes you pretty aware of. I've got a pretty active presence. I get on, so, I guess, on social media. I like to keep people somewhat informed on what I'm doing. I like to throw out a little banter on social media. I like, I like to be a part of it. So the downside of that is you do see the negative press that comes towards you as well. Um, for me, at the start of this year, I've been doing some great work with Dennis. Um, we felt really confident in the game. And uh, it just so happened a couple of weeks before I got a message from Bob, my manager, and he said the CEO of TaylorMade would love to play with you at Pebble Beach. And we made it we made it pretty clear amongst um, let's call it Team Ruffles that we didn't want to target PGA Tour events. We were going to kind of work our way there. The next the next time I played on the PGA Tour was going to be because I earned it, whether that was a Monday qualifier, whether that was because I had my card. But when you get an opportunity like that, and the CEO of a company that you're sponsored by reaches out and would like to play with you. I mean, I'm not sure as a, let's just call it even as a businessman, that would be a smart decision to knock that one back. Mm. Um, so it's, it's one of those things. There's always going to be people that say you shouldn't be there and you haven't earned it and stuff like that. But the way I put it is, I mean, how do you say no to such a great opportunity? You get another chance to, mix it with the world's best. You get another chance to see where you're at. And I was actually at a point this time that I felt like I could compete. I missed a cut by one, so I didn't perform all that badly. I got a little bit of a tough break with the weather, getting stuck out on that peninsula at Pebble Beach. And um, yeah, it's one of those things. I know it's there and trust me, me more than anyone, I want to earn my spot out there. And I think the next time, you will see me on the PGA Tour. I will have earned my spot out there, and that's the kind of area we want to we want to target and make sure that the, yeah, the next time I am out there, there's no doubts about it that I'm there because I'm meant to be there. So. Look, hopefully you're going to look back on this period in a few years' time as just a, a kind of a learning process, and a lot of young pros obviously go through that. I'm just wondering what uh, you've been working on with. Dennis, Dennis has given me a few lessons, mate, and I keep saying to him, forget about Ruffles, forget about Leishman, forget about Fraser. Like, do some work with someone you can actually improve, you know. Oh. He, but he doesn't take many of my calls, Dennis. Uh, no, what, what's, uh, what's been happening? Did you actually uh, funny. split? He's mentioned, he's, mentioned that to, he's, funny. he's mentioned that to me too. Uh, he he hey. thinks I'm pretty good? <laughs> you know M- what he, maybe not. Uh, There's a day down at Yarra Bend, Ryan. the rank sometimes, and so we we're on the range sometimes, and he tells me, and he tells me uh, one of you boys is calling, and he kind of clicks decline pretty quick. So I'm not sure that's all about. <laughs> I was down there. I was dead just to interrupt before you answer Blakey's question. Oh, we were down at Yarra Bend one day, and I took my wife and kids down there, Ryan, for a hit. And yeah, you know, I, I rate myself, which I shouldn't clearly, but I do. And we're having a hit, and McDade walked past, and he said. Uh, he sort of stopped behind my wife who was hitting some balls and then stopped behind me and I hit a couple of balls. And before he walked away, he said, Andy, I said, yeah, Dennis. And he goes, how does it feel not to have the best swing in your family? 
Keep you humble. That's what I like. <laughs> she doesn't even play golf, mate. Like, it's just <laughs> terrible. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, Mark. Ryan, what I was going to ask was, did you actually part ways with Dennis as such for a little while, or was it just uh, the fact that you were over in the States? Or, you know, is it something that you've come back to him uh, after a break, or what, what happened there? Yeah, um, so the middle of 2017, I'm going to say, I yeah, I parted ways. I had to make that call, and I actually went to, um, I'm not one to throw names, but I'm very appreciative of everyone that's reached out and tried to help me. So I, I parted ways with Dennis in mid-2017, and I was coached by Marty Joyce for a year um, from mid-2017 until about September last year, 2018. And that was, I'll take, all the blame or responsibility or whatever you want to call it for that. That was me being a little bit reactive, naive. Um, and I guess in a sense being 18, um, not making, um, maybe the, the wisest call that I've ever made, just being a little bit reactive to things aren't happening as quick as I want them to happen. And I need to do something about it. And, uh, looked at Marty for a year and, Marty's a fantastic coach too. He's uh, he's obviously got some great players. I know Zach's just kicked off tremendously to start his pro career, and Brett Coletta's been doing unbelievable. And obviously Nicoluzzi's one of the best amateurs in the world. Um, so no knock on him, but for me it just didn't quite work out. Um, we changed quite a few things, um, and they all make sense, and they're all probably the right things but they were just different to stuff that I've done my entire life so for me when I got under any sort of pressure I just couldn't quite back myself because it wasn't me it wasn't part of my DNA it wasn't stuff that I could trust so I kind of got to a point um, in September last year where I got to an event and in a couple of the practice rounds I was just I couldn't play um and that was tough for me. I remember sitting in a hotel in Brazil last year, just before the first round, just dreading it and going, "What am I going to do? Like, I can't, I can't hit the fairway with." You're actually three. scared I'm to play. Sure I'm supposed to go out here. You're sitting there scared to play. Yeah, I mean, the complete, completely scared to play. And I was so wrapped up in, and I've always been such a hard worker, but that hard work turned into analyzation as opposed to kind of letting the creativity flow, letting the natural ability that I've got flow. Um, and so, yeah, getting to an event, that was probably the darkest or the hardest place that I got to was being in an event going, how the hell am I going to play? Having to then pull out of a couple of events later on just to try and get things back on track. And so I parted ways with Marty and we're still good mates there's no hard feelings there he understands this is the industry we're part of and I gave Dennis a ring and said look I know I'd end things uh, back in 2017 but I would love to start doing some work again and I know it's not just as easy as hey I want to start doing work again work again you've got to obviously there's a lot of commitments on his end too he's got to, me living over here he's got to spend a bit more time over here for that. That means time away from his family. Um, and so he went back and looked at it. And I think Dennis has got a good, a pretty admirable uh, deal of respect for me 
as a player and as a person, and he was willing to take that on board. And the whole McDade family was super supportive and willing to take me back on board. And we started doing work again. And I think that with itself, everyone was like, oh, great, he's back with Dennis. It's going to kick off immediately. And unfortunately, that's just not how it works. It takes some time. There's things that I had to get back. Um, and uh, over time, I could just feel it's gradually starting to get better and better. And um, got to a point that I was starting to gain some confidence. And the first sign of that was that development series final at the end of last year where I was able to get my card back. So um, those sort of things I started to build confidence on. And yeah, now the confidence is uh, well and truly coming back. And does, you mentioned having faith and confidence in yourself when you swing everything. Does Dennis have to regain confidence in you again? Definitely. He's got to get, regain um, trust in me, I guess, and that I'm going to buy into everything that we're doing 100%, that I'm going to put, um, yeah, what he says right on board and that I'm going to work hard at those things. I'm not going to go around searching for answers when things aren't quite right. So there's a few things there. I mean, we're on, especially for the first couple of months, but now we're, I mean, as close as we've ever been. And he's, um, uh, he's just a fantastic coach. He's so committed to, uh, myself, to leash, to phrase who he's worked with for a while. Griffo, he's, uh, He's one of the best. He's a true professional at what he does. And for me to kind of have him as a bit of a a mentor role uh, as well has always been a good thing and it's continuing to be a good thing. And, um, yeah, he's gone out of his way to spend a bit of time over here this year already. I went back home, did a couple of weeks with him that were pretty intense, pretty long days. And, um, yeah, he's been nothing but uh, supportive and gone well and well above what he needed to to try and help me get back to where I needed to be and he's I know we're both super excited about the progress we're making and some of the results I'm starting to have it's great to hear and you've been really frank and honest with us and it's been brilliant to sit back and listen to you you know kind of outline where you've been and you know where you where you're at now it just one from me in all of the travails that you've had in that in this kind of two and a half three year period Ryan trying to find um, you know where best to put yourself how much of this has just been being a you know really talented golfer but also being a 17 18 19 20 year old kid who's just trying to find out you know, how to live your life and get that balance right. Yeah, it's, uh, that's always the the funny one. That's always the one that I've I got to contain myself sometimes of not jabbing back or not responding on Twitter or Instagram or any of that stuff because everybody goes, oh, he's done. He's, Ryan Russell's is done. He's been out there. He's lost his way. He's, there's no way back from here. And, I always just sit in my bed in Orlando or wherever I'm at and go, bloody hell, I'm 20. Most people don't have a full time. Most people aren't graduated uni by the time they're 20. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, I was like, and sometimes if uh, a business doesn't start running a profit for a couple of years, it's not done. It's uh, you're just kind of getting started. I mean, there's Jim Furyk out there at the players competing, and I'm 20 and I'm done. And uh, it's always I find that one a, a bit interesting it's just something that you're taking a stride you're continuing making sure checking yourself that you're doing the right things and definitely 
I've made a few mistakes as a 17, 18, 19-year-old that, sure, in hindsight, I would have loved to have gone back and do them. But I've, I've spoken with Dad a ton about this, especially over the last few months. And he's like, sometimes the sport, and he says, I've realized that growing up too. He says, you sometimes really have to figure out what doesn't work for you to really realize what does. Um, I went through that process, realized the things that didn't work for me, and now I'm much clearer on the things that do. And I just pretty much this whole period of never taking no for an answer. It's yeah, yeah, it's bad right now, but there's a solution to it. There's never gee, it's bad right now. I'm not going to get this back. It's just it's something you go through. As long as you don't take no for an answer, as long as you keep looking for the answer and working hard at that and flying into whatever you're doing, it's there is always a solution. You just got to be pretty bullheaded about it and. Um, or maybe you could have a chat to your housemate. Are you still living with Curtis there in Florida? Curtis Luck? Yeah, we're uh, we're still living together. Uh, Brett Coletta's been staying with us for a couple of months now, too. He's he's actually right. here at the moment after a good week last week. So we try and, Curto and I try and, uh, if there's a few Aussies that are trying to get situated over here, we try as much as we can to see if we can help them out because that's part of the whole process too people don't realize moving to the other side of the world isn't the easiest transition either um well i'm interested in that because that was i'm interested in that because you're born and, yeah. and and brought up your early years in in the state so you've kind of had almost two homes haven't you all, all your life and you know um but you're saying it's still yeah. been still been difficult you know you miss obviously missing your friends from melbourne and stuff like that yeah it just becomes a completely different dynamic it's i go from being at home where I've got mates, where I've got my coach, where I've got my trainers, where I've got everybody that I've always had. Um, and I can see them a couple of times a week and I can see my mates whenever I want to see them and stuff like that. To now when I need to see coaches, I've got to plan that ahead. I've got to plan a couple of weeks here for Dennis to come over and I've got to plan a couple of weeks here for Mackie to come over. Um, and I've got to block those times off and then, if I've got you got to create a new group of friends over here or people that you hang out with or you've got to try and make trips to get back home to Australia and um there's all sorts of things that play into it. It just becomes a very different dynamic as soon as you uh, move to the other side of the world that isn't easy. Um and that's something that a lot of people don't realise and it's something that was hard for me or something that I know was very hard for Curtis and it's something I know hasn't been easy for Brett either. And that's why, as much as we're all competitors, we're all Aussies and we bond together a bit too. So when an Aussie comes over and is kind of going through that same path a little bit, it's uh, it's nice to be able to make it a little easier on them and help out where you can and see if we can kind of make it a little bit of a second home. Mate, there's thousands of people who remain steadfast in your corner over in this neck of the woods. Hopefully you are aware of that. There's enormous interest in, you know, you and the other lads that you've just been mentioning and a whole lot of others who are doing their thing around the world. Um, You know, we're very much part of that camp uh, on this little show here, mate. We're always really appreciative of your time. We were all stoked to see you have the week that you had last week in Panama. And, you know, we're all hoping that there's going to be hundreds more uh, like it, no matter where you find yourself and no matter what tour it happens to be on um thanks for joining us we really appreciate you being so honest with us thanks for your time absolutely thank you boys always a pleasure to be on
Ryan Ruffles, uh, who remains one of our favourites here on Inside the Ropes, who's had a big week over in Panama, and uh, we've got our fingers crossed, and we're pretty confident there's going to be a few more like him in the not-too-distant future. We'll get a break out of the way on the show. More to come on the other side of this. Hi, I'm Minji Lee, and I'm proud to be an ambassador for MyGolf, Australian Golf's national junior program. One of my favourite things about coming back to Australia is seeing all the kids getting into golf. My golf is every Aussie kid's first step on their golfing pathway. It's all about fun and friendship, learning golf and life skills in a safe and healthy environment. So, if your child is between 5 and 12 years old, be sure to find a program near you at mygolf.org.au. Welcome back to Inside the Ropes. Uh, Andy Marr has gone completely mad and we've had to let him go. So, from now on, Blakey, it's just you and I holding the reins. Has he gone off in a half or what's happened? Uh, oh, I think. You know, he was very happy to talk to Ryan Ruffles. He's a busy man. And he is a very busy man. And he was, uh, you know, still flat out after his uh, loss for, as the runner for Carlton in the AFLW he Grand Final. He had no voice either yesterday. No, he was, he was shot. He's he was trying to yell over 53,000 people. So I think that whole Rick Riley, Ryan Ruffles thing before that last segment really got to him and he's had to bail. So from now on, it's just us. And we've got another special guest, Blakey, on a very busy show. Uh, it's our pleasure to introduce to the Inside the Ropes audience, Luke Bates, who's the Golf Operations and State Senior Manager Queensland, one of the, one of the longer titles in the world of golf. Luke, welcome along to Inside the Ropes. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Hazy. It's uh, great to be on. Thank you. And we're, we're thrilled to have you on, mate, because you've got the reins uh, of one of the really great innovations in Australian golf this year, the Outback Queensland Masters. And I know this is dear to your heart, and it's going to be a very special opportunity for, for all the golfers listening to Inside the Ropes. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, something we've been working on up here for a while now and uh, certainly a couple of months out, I guess, from the first event and uh, we're really excited uh, for it to all kick off. Uh, we've got six events in Outback Queensland. I've been lucky to be out there recently and, uh, yeah, can't wait to, for that uh, first tee shot to go in Roma, I guess. So walk us through the process, mate. There's, anyone can play. It's open for anyone to register at, out, we'll go through this again, but Outback qldmasters.com uh, it, yeah. it's a very special and unique tournament isn't it it's, it's played as you say across uh, six different I was going to say cities but let's go with towns in rural Queensland <laughs> yep. um, and yep. what's, what's the format that it's going to take yeah absolutely so it's designed for the amateur golfer uh, whether they be a, a member of a club with a Golf Australia handicap or if they just enjoy having a game, social game, uh, things like that. So uh, you don't need a Golf Australia handicap. We've got competitions for uh, both categories there, I guess. So it's a case here of entering online, um, same entry price there, where whether you've got a handicap or not, we've got some great prizes for, for, for both categories. And not only is it a chance to play golf, because I understand that the tournament itself plays over two days, so two nine-hole competitions in each town, uh, as it visit as the caravan sort of rolls around outback Queensland, uh, so not it's not too physically demanding at all, but it also coincides with events that are happening in these regional towns. Yeah, that's it. It's uh, I guess the setup of the events being done, so you can have half a day on the golf course with your nine holes. So that might be in the morning or the afternoon, and then you really get to uh, go out and discover the town on the the other half of the day. So. It's uh, you know a full package. Uh, a competitor will get breakfast, lunch. Uh, that night of the first day, there's a dinner and live entertainment. So we'll be flying in live entertainment uh, for that night, which I'm sure will be great for not only the people playing, but uh, also the locals in the, the towns as well. 
Uh, they'll then come back for the second day where they'll again have breakfast and lunch and uh, play another nine holes. And, you know, it's, it's great working with these uh, towns. Uh, they're really making a big push, I guess, in this uh, tourism space and they've got some great activities out there for the, um, you know, the tourists to get involved with. So, Luke, you don't have to play the whole thing, do you? You can drop in on, you know, you might want to go to Charleville and play in the one there, or how, how does that work? How does the format work? Yeah, that's right. Um, I guess, you know, the big lure of the event is we've got a, a million-dollar hole-in-one up for grabs at Mount Isa in, in the last event. So that's at the end of July, 26th to 28th of July. Uh, to be eligible for that million-dollar hole, uh, you've got to play in two events prior to that. So... Uh, you know, going around, you you listen to people and they're picking out which events they'll play prior to going to Mount Isa. So it might be Rome at Charleville, uh, which are, are fairly close to each other. I think it's only uh, two to three hundred kilometres. Oh. And um, <laughs> and then uh, you know they, they might wait for Mount Isa, or you know the players might go to Winton Bullia um, and then Mount Isa. So yeah, you you um, I mean, there's great prizes and experiences up for grabs if you just want to go to one event but uh if you want to go and be a part of that million dollar uh hole in one challenge uh you do need to play another two prior and what sort of golf courses are we looking at out there we got some sand scrapes or all greens or what what you know what are the courses like in outback queensland like so you know for instance at boolia so boolia uh boolia is interesting it's um yeah i mean that's sand greens it's uh yeah, there's not a lot of a grass out there. Uh, it's a case of they're pretty barren fairways. Uh, I like uh, when I talk to the locals out there, they say they've got tea up in place, but then they, they further clarify to say that you, in some cases you can't get a tea into the ground, so they might use a... <laughs> so you did take a uh, hammer with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Or, you know, they cut up some hose. If you don't like hard pan, pan lies, you don't want to play there. Maybe. No, I mean, you you will get to prefer lie and um, tee it up. So you, you see, uh, I went out to Charleville and that, that was interesting. They've actually got both. They've got sand greens and grass greens. It's mm. uh, quite amazing. And then it's split. They've got uh, three or four uh, grass on one nine and, you know, the corresponding for the rest. And uh, it's, it's quite interesting. So you've got to play both there. But, um, yeah. The players will have these great uh, grass areas around the greens and they'll be teeing it up there as well because that's just how they play out in the outback is with the tee up. Well, with any luck, some of the rain that's been falling across northern Queensland might have uh, freshened up these courses a little bit, hopefully. With, with yeah, well, uh, yeah, I was out at Longreach last week and uh, they, they had some good rain out there and uh, it'll it'll get green and um, you know that'll certainly help, I guess, for these uh, the players who are coming in to play the event because they'll get to um, probably find a bit of grass to put it on on the rest. And, um, yeah, it's, you've wet, uh, it's, it's... Sorry? You've wet Blakey's appetite, I reckon, Luke. So I reckon he's pretty keen to get out there. He's, we've got to work, uh, on, work on his pronunciation of a couple of these town names. <laughs> but other, other than that, I reckon he's pretty keen to get out to Roma. I was looking at this the other day, Blakey. If you want to do the whole trip, Roma, Roma to Mount Isa, it's about 14 and a half, 15 hours on the road. <laughs> You want to have a crack at that? <laughs> that would be pretty tough. Might have to have a, a night off before I play the next day. <laughs> so let's just quickly no, run through it while we're still It's a fantastic Luke. concept, I must it say. It really is. So we've got Roma from yeah. in 17th and 18th of June. We've got Charleville, 22nd and 23rd of June. Longreach, the 29th and 30th of June. Then a bit of a gap. Winton on the 13th and 14th of July. Boulia from the 22nd and 23rd of July. Then three days at Mount Isa. Uh, the 26th, 27th, and 28th of July, which is sort of the grand final weekend. Luke, we really appreciate you coming on. And what, what do people have to do if they want to get involved? 
Yeah, so it's a case of uh, you know, visiting the website, outbackqldmasters.com. Uh, have a look at the schedule, um, see what events you want to play, and then it's a case of just purchasing your tickets there. Uh, as we get closer, we'll announce draws and announce the, the great prizes that are up for grabs. And uh, who knows, at the end of the uh, of it all, we might have a lucky winner of a million dollars at uh, Mount Isa Golf Club. Might be Blakey. That is champing at the bit here in the studio, Luke, I can tell you. <laughs> so thank you so much, mate. We really appreciate your time. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll direct all... Uh, inquiries to that website, outbackqldmasters.com. Thanks for coming on, Luke. Good on you, Luke. No worries at all. Thanks. So, Blakey, I mean, it's a it's a, a, a rare opportunity. A few beers to... consumed the oh, yeah. last few weeks. Oh, there's no doubt. Some of the stuff that would go down at yeah, the, the Longreach Hotel and the... Yeah. I think uh, you know that'd be right up your alley doing a bit of that work because I'm gonna I'm gonna push for you if to be you, part if of that. Can afford me some time off? Yeah, I, I might do that. It'd well, make a good story actually. It'd make a fantastic story, and there's you know some storied towns in that neck of the woods. Blakey, um, there's been a bit of other stuff going on in the in the world of golf other than the uh, sort of headline grabbing things that we've already discussed. I, did anything grab your attention in particular? Yeah, well, obviously we're only a week or so out from the Masters. I see that the field is one of the smallest they've had. Uh, being an invitational tournament, people, a lot of people don't realise this. But, you know, The field is only generally around the 90. It doesn't very often get to 100. This year it looks like it's going to be 86, so right. which I thought was interesting. You know, um, they've got obviously the former winners. Former winners get invited basically forever, although when they get too old, they kind of quietly tell them that they, they <laughs> you know, it's basically about when they, they lose their competitiveness. So, But Larry Mises going to be in the field again, uh, Jose Mira, Alatharbal, Mike Weir, people like that. So it's a field that, you know, you've got six amateurs in the field. So th- there's a lot of people in the Masters that can't win, aren't there? Absolutely. Uh, you know, from, well, not that you want to stick a fork in the amateur. Oh, no, there's but, 30 that win. Yeah, there's only, you know... When you take into consideration all the the past winners and the, those who have come from an amateur tournament, which I think it would be phenomenal if we ever saw an amateur winner there. I just can't yeah. imagine it happening. Yeah. Um, we're realistically down to about half the field who are legitimate uh, contenders, probably, probably 50, 55, I would imagine. And the Texas Open's on this week, which the winner gets into the Masters field. That's the last spot that's available. So people like... Aaron Baddeley's playing this week. Cameron Davis is playing this week. Matty Jones, Pamps is playing. Sendo's playing. So they're all they're all playing for that reason, just for that one last spot. Yeah, and, and I think Australia too has got. I mean, strong affinity with the Texan Gulf. We've had a lot of success at that tournament over the past few years. So and Pamps and Sendo live there, of course. Yeah, exactly. Dallas. So um, you know, it would be nice to uh, get one more additional Australian entry into that tournament. Uh, a couple of other things. Royal yeah. Adelaide had a dog's day the other day. Now, have you written this down as well? How good is that? And Clates, I, I can't believe it. Clates has been on about this for ages, hasn't he, Mike Clayton, about being able to take your dog onto the course. And Royal Adelaide actually put on a day where you could bring down your dog. Royal Adelaide, of all courses in Australia. I'm sure it's happened in other places, but this is a storied private golf course. And on Sunday, uh, they had limited numbers, and I'm told it sold out, Blakey. Amazing. Absolutely. The dogs were – it was – Chock-a-block with dogs and people, and by, I rang the club before we went on air here, Yeah, and I asked them how it went and how it was re- re- um, received and were there any complaints, and the answer was an overwhelming success was had by you know by the club. They're already planning the next time it can happen. Um, very little damage, no more damage than any normal round of golf would do to the course, uh, and a whole heap of people stayed on and, and ate and drank and you know just enjoyed the moment.
And what, what, what better place idea. for a dog than any golf course in Australia but Royal Adelaide? Oh, just awesome. What a great idea. So, I, I love that. Yeah, I thought that was fantastic too. Uh, so Brisbane Golf Club this week, uh, there was a story on Channel 9, I believe it was, about them opening up the tee sheets for men and women on all days. So mm-hmm. they, they have gender equality. And th- now this is something we had an announcement about at Golf Australia a few weeks ago in relation to um, the equal opportunities for, for players, uh, members of golf clubs on all days. It's something that we've been pushing without telling the clubs what to do. And it was just great to see that, wasn't it? That Brisbane as a club have said, okay, we're going with this. We're away. Yeah. And again, another prominent club, um, you know, so it, it was great to see that. Uh, I want to make mention of the Alice Springs Golf Club too this week, Blakey. Uh, this week from Thursday to Sunday, the Northern Territory Amateur is on. Um, and Alice Springs, I'm sure, will be in ripping Nick with a little bit of rain yeah. and still at the end of summer. It'll be absolutely fantastic. So we look forward to covering that at golf.org.au. And next week, of course, on the on the amateur side of things, the Australian Boys and Girls uh, Junior Championships are on in Queensland. Uh, well, I suppose technically one's in New South Wales, but uh, the boys is at Southport Golf Club on the Gold Coast and the girls is at Coolangatta Tweed Heads. So two tournaments uh, next week on the Gold Coast to determine the Australian Junior Champions, and the week after that is the Australian Junior Interstate Series, uh, also up in Queensland. Um, I wanted to point out, Blakey, I saw this amazing video if, uh, on Twitter. If anyone wants to follow web.com tour, um, or just go and check out web.com tour and look for a video with a, a player called Kevin Doherty, D-O-U-G-H-E-R-T-Y, He's playing in the tournament this week in Savannah that we t- referred to earlier with a, where um, Brett, Ryan, Collette, Brett, Brett Coletta and the yeah. other, other boys did so well on the web tour. Mm. Kevin Doherty was playing, I'm not sure which day it was, but the par four fifth hole at Deer Creek Golf Course. It's a drivable par four with water all down the right side. And he flared his drive and it was half covered in mud. But oh, on, the side, on the side of the water. And so normally you'd see a guy maybe strip off his pants uh, his shoes and socks, and go down in there and play it. Well, Kevin Doherty took the uh, the reverse option and stripped off his shirt. He didn't want to have his shirt splattered in mud, so the ball's half covered. He's played a, a literally a splash shot out of the. Uh, Did he put the rain pants on? Do you know? I don't know. I, I can't recall that offhand here now. Yeah. But it, literally, he's topless. Like he has taken his shirt off and played it, you know, <laughs> half half naked. Uh, the crowd's loving it, by the way, just so you know. And Kevin Doherty has chipped it in. It was a an immaculate shot. It landed softly, ran up the green, and dropped on its last roll for one of the more um, sensational Eagle Twos you'll ever see. Uh, it's It's got some great video now on web.com tour of him actually watching the video right. uh, and seeing it roll in. It's actually quite amazing. A bit more homework I set before I had last week off on Inside the Ropes. And just quickly, I asked our listeners to remember or it's how many of the world number ones on the men's side of the game they could remember. Do you remember oh, okay. we did this a few weeks ago? I, I did, and Andy and I omitted to mention it last week. You did, and yeah. I, I actually gave that was Justin Falconer a, 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 a smashing because I gave him this sheet to bring up to you, and he failed to do that. But I'm just going to quickly run through, just so anyone who was playing along at home can do it. It's Tiger Woods. This is in order of weeks at the top. Tiger Woods, Greg Norman, Nick Faldo, Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, Seve Ballesteros, Luke Donald, Jason Day, Ian Woosnam, Nick Price, Vijay Singh, Jordan Spieth, Lee Westwood, Fred Couples, David Duvall, Justin Rose, 
Adam Scott, Ernie Els, Brooks Kepka, Martin Keimer, Justin Thomas, Bernhard Langer, three times, three weeks, and the only person with one week was Tom Lehman. How many? Uh, I think it was 20, 23 had there had been. And so, Australians who got Scott Day, Norman. Scott Day and Norman have all yeah. had their share. And and to be honest, we're punching way above our weight in terms of weeks. Uh, Scott 11, Day 51, and Norman 331, who was second to Tiger only. So yeah. um, if Rory can get back to the top, he'll go past Faldo uh, any tick of the clock here. And, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a phenomenal list from, I think, mid, the mid-80s. So, yeah, I think Rory might win the Masters this year. He's, he's kind of my early. Your early tip? Yeah. Yeah, I think match play form was pretty good. Knocked out in the quarters, but that can happen in match play. Yeah, he did. Sh- he he did show. He has shown a lot more consistency than he has previously. So I think I think you're probably not too far away. And needless there. to say, he's won three of the other four, hasn't he? So the, the Masters is the missing piece. This is that would complete the the Rory Slam if he were to do that. Although mm. not in the same year, obviously. Mm. And just a couple we didn't uh, mention the results wise, Blakey, before the uh, interview with Ryan Ruffles. Stephen Leaney tied 51st, and Dave McKenzie, our own, tied 58th in the uh, Rapiskin Systems Classic on the Champions Tour and on the uh, on the European Tour. Jake Higginbottom, uh, uh, that was an amazing mm. course. That always brings up great stories, that Indian Open course in Delhi. It's a bit of a circus sometimes. Jake Higginbottom, amid all the chaos on Sunday, shot a 68. Uh, it was won by Stephen Gallagher, who had a triple bogey, I think, at one stage, but still managed to hang on and win. Jake Higginbottom was tied 27th to be the best Aussie from Marcus Fraser, Scott Henn, Sam Brazel, Daniel Nisbet, and Terry Pilkadaris all made the cut. And the and the last tournament I want to mention, Blakey, was the uh, Chinese tour qualification phase. Charlie Dan and Chris Wood both finished tied 7th uh, to advance to the next stage. Our, our Bryden McPherson tied 13th and Max McArdle tied 19th. So... Good effort by the boys in China. Uh, good effort by the girls and boys all around the world, to be honest. So it's been a big week for Australian golf. And with the major this week in the women's side and next week in the men's, it's only going to get bigger, isn't it? Absolutely, mate. It's a big time of year coming up now. Thank you for holding my hand. We'll give... Uh, no problem. We'll give uh, Andy a bit of a, an uppercut when he comes back into the it's studio. next week. We'll be talking about the Masters. Yeah, we'll be all Masters all next week. So thank you, everyone, for listening. That was episode number 96. We'll be back to have a crack at 97 next week.